0: where I really my zone of genius is those small to medium podcasters and the reason I stick in that zone of genius is I wanted to be with the big boys you know I wanted to be a Jenna Kutcher I wanted to be an Amy Porterfield with their podcast I wanted to be able to be part of the big network hubs and I'll be transparent I kept getting rejected by them because my analytics weren't good enough I was just starting because I didn't have 500 episodes to bring into the world and I thought.
1: Welcome to the freedom chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. Today, I get to interview Joanne Bolt, and we get to talk about podcasting and real estate and real estate teams, some of the things I am most excited about. Joanne is using her podcast to impact her real estate business, to help women empower women to do more things in life and in real estate, to build their empires. Joanne, thank you for coming on the show. Take us into it right away. Like, what got you into real estate? Uh, What got you going?
0: Oh, my gosh. I got into real estate over 20 years ago. I'm an OG in the real estate world. I actually got my license at the age of 24 when as a consultant for a big consulting firm, I looked up one day and realized this is not what I want to do in my big girl life. Like I was never at home. I was always on the road. My husband and I got married and date nights were in the Delta Crown Room at the Atlanta uh, Hartsville Airport because we were both traveling all the time. And so I just quit my job one day and on the plane ride home, I thought, oh crap, what am I supposed to do with myself? And so I did what most people do and I got a real estate license thinking, oh, I'll just do this for like a year while I figure my big girl life out. And 20 some odd years later, I still have that license.
1: Awesome. So when in the journey for you, I mean, obviously you switched to podcasting, right? Which is something I've done as well. So we can really deeply relate on that. When did that idea seed in your mind?
0: It began seeding really probably right before COVID um, occurred. And I'm actually on my third iteration of a podcast because when I first got into it, I really didn't do my homework and I didn't have any idea other than, Hey, everyone's on social media and everyone's starting a podcast. So why don't I do the same? And then it grew and grew and grew into what it finally is now, because what I learned along the way is I'm really darn good at it. And I love it.
1: Absolutely. So for you, I want you to describe the feeling because so for, is it, fun? Is it fulfilling? Like what emotions does podcasting do for you?
0: You know, podcasting for me brings back that right out of, out of college. What I really wanted to do was be a consultant. I'm not Mm -hmm. actually a coach at heart. Although everyone tells me I teach very well, but I love consulting and I love being a waitress in high school. And it was that quick interactions with people. You get to know them. They might come back into your world, utilize you for something specific, pop back out of your world, come back into your world. And I love that constant chaos almost, that constant rotation in your life. And I love forming relationships. And so for me, what I enjoy about podcasting is I can pop behind the mic. I can record two or three episodes in one day when I'm having a lot of energy or a lot of creative thought process in my brain. And then I can put it away for a week or two if need be. Or the next day I can go back and do it again and I can add more episodes to my show or I can stay on my routine, but I can do a little something extra. And so it just gives me that excitement because I can finally be so free and flexible in my world and yet create a steady income with it, which just lights me up.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. So, so go into like, you are essentially going through this process with people like, so it sounds like you don't like the routine conversations that happen with people. You like The kind of the spark interactions.
0: I do. I really do. I am not someone who comes into an interview with a preset done list of things I need to answer, have to answer, or have to talk about. I am much more like, let's just go, let's riff and see what happens because that's when the good collaboration really occurs. And podcasting lets me do that. And that's how I structure my episodes. And it's how a lot of times I'm, you know, I'm at my best as a interviewee.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like people like you and I are similar in that we're probably built to do startups, but startups, as you get older are like not fun, right? There's too much effort overall. So tell me a little bit about that. Like is podcasting the way for people that always need new things to be consistently stimulated?
0: Yes and no. I think it is a way for them to be consistently stimulated, but it's not the right medium for someone who doesn't always want to create content, you know, for that person who wants to be stimulated because they're creating a new product a new material you know something to put out into the world it's not the right medium for someone who wants to meet a lot of people do their networking behind the microphone and grow their business in other ways it is the perfect medium for you is to me yeah. it's better than social media i know all my instagrammers and tiktokers out there just cringed when i said that but Seriously, I have a easier time creating content for my podcast and then turning it into content for social media than I do just sitting down and figuring out what the heck I'm going to post on social media.
1: By a hundred percent, right? Like, yeah. ab- absolutely. And, and like, especially like when we're having conversations like you're having, like, I mean, asking questions is so much easier than like scripting out a 30 minute video. Do you find it easier to, to be in this format or to just, just go off the cuff on your podcast?
0: I do a little bit of both. So on Tuesdays on my podcast, I teach or I go off the cuff, whatever's happening in my world, what I'm learning about. Let me, let me help you have little things to implement to your own business. And then on Thursdays, I do a lot of interviewings because I bring in women podcasters onto my podcast and I let them share their story. I let them share what their business is and oh my gosh, how their podcast is growing their business. So I actually like a little bit of a mix. I don't keep that one steady format of I only do interviews or I only do solos. I, I like to mix it up.
1: Yeah. So obviously that serves you really well in the analytics, right? I mean, cause people talk about you have a niche, you have a format, you have a process, et cetera. Like you're mixing it up. You're doing you. Th- th- how does that affect the analytics? Do you find that it's better because you have a mix for your audience or your, is your audience like, Hey, no, I want you to be this format.
0: I, I, Began doing only interviews and I had one level of analytics and then I shifted the format out. And anytime you make a shift, whether it's social media, podcast, whatever company you're working for, broker, you have to understand that there's going to be a little bit of a transition piece for your audience to figure out whether they want to continue with you or whether they've outgrown you or you've outgrown them and they need to move on to someone else. So I did go through that little painful period of, oh, my gosh, now my analytics dropped and it freaked me out a little bit. And then I said, you know what? It's okay. If you're no longer into what I'm talking about, then I'm not the right podcast for you and I'll go refine that audience. And so I shifted a little bit, you know, along those lines. what I find the best mix is when I'm very consistent on my solos with also throwing in, you know, if I'm going to teach you 12 things to do about Pinterest, I'm not just going to talk about Pinterest. It's going to be, let me talk to you about how Pinterest grows your business and how your podcast can grow your Pinterest account or how your podcast can, you know, be grown using Pinterest. So I'm going to tie it all in. And, and because I do that, and then I talk about women and podcasting on my Thursday episodes. Now my audience is like, oh, okay, all right, now I see what she's doing. She's cool. And, and we're back up. My analytics are just fine.
1: Yeah. So there's a little bit of a, a, a drop, but when it comes back, did it come back stronger or did it kind of just reach the level? as that before?
0: It came back stronger, actually, because I think what I figured out was I was more passionate about now what I'm talking about. And that comes across, you know, through the microphone. If you have a podcast and you're doing it there because you feel like you have to for your business, yeah, we can tell. If yeah. you have a podcast because you truly love what you're talking about, we can tell. And so because of that, it actually, when it did come back, it was like double what it
1: used to be. So do you feel like someone who, like, okay, so... Like if I were to do podcasting and like, I love the conversations. I love the interviewing. That is like what I truly, truly love. But every now and then I want to rant. It's not very often, but when I do like I, and I think it would be really valuable. Do you think for me, someone who's going to be fairly inconsistent in the ranting side of things should have just like a second show that's like once a week or once a month I go off? Or do you think I just should just incorporate it in?
0: Oh, incorporate it in. Here's the thing. Okay. Again if you're in podcasting and you're listening to this, you are probably going to cringe a little bit when I tell you this, but this is just that hard conversation we all have to have. We're not really listening to your podcast for the people you're interviewing. We're listening to it for you. We like you. We like how you talk to people. We like the questions you bring up. We formed a relationship with you. And so if occasionally you want to go off on a rant and a tangent and do your own thing, do it. You will probably find another little spike in your analytics because people are like, Oh, wait a minute. That's like the behind the scenes of him. That's who he really, you know, now they really feel like they've moved from your audience and to being your best friend. And that's really where we want them.
1: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So let's, um, let's take this a bit deeper. So you did $56 million in real estate and you yeah. have the podcast. So like, let's talk about how is this podcast benefiting your real estate business and why maybe if, if so, should agents consider having a podcast?
0: There is a plethora of reasons for a real estate agent to have a podcast. The biggest mindset shift that they have to get out of is a lot of times a real estate agent is stuck in their little bubble. You know, I only sell within 10 miles, 15 miles, whatever of my little area. And they look at a podcast and like, oh, but it's global. Everyone can listen to it. How's it possibly going to help me? Well, shift out of that and be okay with a smaller podcast listening audience. You know, if all you do is talk on your podcast about the the shops, the areas around you, the school zones, the, you know, the sports teams, like if you share your daily life on your podcast of being a real estate agent, or maybe you get your clients to come on and interview them about the process that they went through buying a home with you or selling a home with you, well, guess what? Now, if I live in your area and I find your podcast or someone recommends it to me or social media shows it to me it's just one more way for me to get to know you before I've ever called you. Yeah. And the thing with the analytics behind, especially a more localized type business with podcast is, I'm okay with that being a smaller analytics. You know, if you have 50 people listen to every episode, be okay with that. It's, you don't need a million people listening to the episode. I tell agents this all the time. Wouldn't you be happy if 50 people called you and said, can we have an appointment with you? Heck yeah, you would. So go ahead and have that podcast and just know your audience may be smaller, but you're still growing your thought leadership and your influence in your industry.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and, and so, I mean, there's so many ways you could differentiate this thing, right? I mean, you could obviously get down, you could, it could be a business podcast of local businesses. It could be a life story podcast. It could be all of these different things that fits your personality, the personality of your guests and your listenership.
0: And it so, really depends on what you want out of it as a piece of your business. Do you want your podcast to grow your actual home sales in your business or is another pillar, you're about to start coaching other agents. Okay. That's a whole different topic of conversation to start having on that podcast that draws in the agent base. Are you looking for referrals? Focus on that. That draws in the agent base. So it's really, are you talking to the buyer and seller or are you talking to real estate agents? And it's, you gotta, you gotta get it straight in your head from the beginning, who you're actually reaching out to on the podcast and what your end goal is.
1: Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, hundred percent. So and like you mentioned coaching, like recruiting agents is like obviously huge as well. Like, you know, if you're interviewing agents, it gives you an opportunity to to talk to them and then obviously to bring them into your world. So for you though, the switch was really about creating another, like it's right moving more in a passion. Like, how would you describe the shift for you?
0: Oh yeah. So I actually first started the podcast to teach agents how to be agents with the thought process behind it that okay, I'm an agent at EXP Realty. If you know anything about EXP guys. We make a lot of passive income by bringing people into the company on our revenue share. And so what I was really doing was funneling into that system. You know, I would never talk to my guests about eXp Realty, but the more and more expertise I gave on the podcast, the more, if someone's looking to make a shift and all agents move, then they were more likely to reach out to me and I could add to my downline. And that was great for a little while. What I discovered was I, I really didn't want to then need want to have to coach those agents, keep them active in the system, follow up with them. I started leaning more into where my audience was asking me to lean in more, which was how do we actually grow a business? And so that was that shift right there. And I started working with the women entrepreneurs on just growing a business, whether it's real estate or not. And now the shift has gone into where I think I'm going to be for a little while, which is Really, you're growing your business, and how can your podcast monetize your business? And as I've kind of flown through that evolution or grown through that evolution, what I've discovered is a lot less real estate agents are tuning in and a lot more other entrepreneurs are. And so I'm just following the path of my audience. They're letting me know what they want, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, And that's really the way of business, right? is is you see, like, here's who I am. I present myself. And then you see what part of the market responds. And if that happens to be real estate agents or real estate clients, great. But if not, like sometimes the business that comes to you is a lot greater than what you would think. And it's usually often very different. Like, have you found that to be true?
0: You know, if you go into it and you're like, no, I'm only going to do this one thing. And that's all I'm ever going to do. And by God, I'm not going to shift. You're just asking for your business to fail. I mean, let's, yeah, I'm going to show my age here. Let's look at Blockbuster. Blockbuster yeah. used to let you go rent movies for the weekend or for the night or whatever, right? And when the Netflixes and the Red boxes came and the ability to stream kind of began getting big, Blockbuster looked at it and said, no, we've always made money this way. This is who we are. We're not going to shift. Well, guess who's no longer in business anymore? Blockbuster. Why? Because the, the audience told Blockbuster what it wanted. We want the ability to stream movies or have, you know, our stuff stay longer or cheaper, you know, better options. And Blockbuster said, nope, we're going to do it our way. Cause this is our way and get on board and the world didn't get on board.
1: Yep. hundred percent. So what do you see as your future? Like if, if the th- three, five, 10 years from now, how do you see Joanne Bolt?
0: Oh my gosh. It's funny you asked me this. I just had this conversation last night over a glass of wine with my husband. If you've ever looked into the world of entrepreneurship and you've ever come across Natalie Ellis and Boss Babes, Natalie Ellis and Boss Babes do nothing but teach women how to run businesses and be the boss of their business. Or if you've ever in the podcasting world looked at like John Lee Dumos and Podcasters Paradise oh, and Entrepreneurs yeah. on Fire, all he does is teach people how to run a podcast. So my ideal world, three to five years, if boss fades and entrepreneurs on fire has a baby and merges the whole business (laughs) with podcasting together, like that's my jam. And that's where I am.
1: Women in podcasting. Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, incredible. 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 So to really go deeper into that, like, obviously you're a woman, but like beyond that being your identity, like what else is compelling you to teach women specifically?
0: Women, a lot of times we play small and we do it by accident and we do it without even realizing because whether the world likes it or not, it still is the truth of the, the matter that for most families, the mom or the person who identifies as the mom, like they're the ones that the kids call to come get picked up from school. They're the ones running to the grocery store. They're the ones doing the majority of the household work because we still do in our world kind of have a split even though we all think we're a 50-50 partnership, there's just that mental you know, split that occurs. And so for a lot of my women podcasters, they get into podcasting because of the freedom and flexibility, but they don't feel like they have a message to tell. Yeah. They don't really feel like I can have a podcast as big as some of the biggest podcasters out there because I'm not good enough, because I haven't sold 6 million, because I haven't created these companies, because I haven't been a CEO. And the truth is... There are so many other people out there that need them in their world that those podcasts can be bigger than almost anything else out there because we like to listen to them and we like to learn from them. And so
1: 100%, what yeah.
0: I do a lot with the women is just get them off their mindset of I'm not good enough and into the, oh, girl, yes, you are.
1: Well, and like the women that I've worked with, they could be some of the most like strong closers. They can like, I mean, once they like put their mind to it, it's, it's pretty incredible so do you think like diving into that specifically, do you think that the challenge is self-confidence? Do you think the challenge is strategy? Where where do you think the missing piece often is for these women?
0: All of it. I mean, I hate to say all of it, but for every woman, it's a little bit different. When I first moved into the podcasting world, for me, it was a little bit of confidence. And that's because as a real estate agent, I was at the top of my field. I was always yeah. number one or two in my office. I had the biggest team. We sold the most homes. And- I was also told by the, some of the other agents in our office, oh, you're such a B-I-T-C-H. You think you're better than everyone else. You, you know, they put me down because of their own lack of confidence. It, it wasn't me. I, like, I'll like, i talk to anybody. You know, like Come sit in my office. I'll show you what I do. I'll give you all my systems. It was more of a, they didn't feel like they could be at the top of the game like I was and they didn't understand and it was that natural inclination to be a little bit catty and yeah. not to have that collaboration sense of self, and so we, we combat that a lot in our world, and then the other piece, a lot of it, is just we just aren't sure we 're good enough. you know maybe you 've never sold fifty six million in real estate, so you don't think you should start a podcast on real estate, and the truth is, if you sold two homes, you 've sold more than someone else, yeah. so help them along the journey,
1: yeah. Which that's actually a really good exercise. Like one of the exercises I started doing a few years ago, because I would have, even as, as a man, I would have these limiting beliefs and, and be like, well, can I really teach on this topic? What do I know? Like there, there's a website you can go on like a net worth calculator and an income calculator as a percentage of where you're at in the U S and I went on there and plugged that in and go, Oh, well, if I'm in this percentile, there's this many percentiles below me. I can at least teach these people. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. hundred percent. So I think that's a great exercise My, like, for anybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry. And, You know, where I really, my zone of genius is those small to medium podcasters. And the reason I stick in that zone of genius is I wanted to be with the big boys. You know, I wanted to be a Jenna Kutcher. I wanted to be an Amy Porterfield with their podcast. I wanted to be able to be part of the big network hubs and I'll be transparent. I kept getting rejected by them because my analytics weren't good enough because I was just starting because I didn't have 500 episodes to bring into the world. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm struggling with this, other women are too. And so I really started leaning into those small and medium-sized podcasts because if I wanted it in my life, I figure someone else did. And because I'd already been through this struggle and figuring it out, like, let me help you figure it out. Let me get you to the, to the point where those networks and hubs would want you.
1: Yeah. And, and, you don't have to be, as you know, a very big podcast before you have a really big impact. And that's what I love is, is that you have a visible part of your audience, but, but a lot of times for podcasters, a lot of your audience is invisible, right? With yeah. the, the, the downloads, like, cause our YouTube views are like nothing. They're like a, a fraction of a fraction compared to our audio downloads. And it's like, just randomly we'll get messages like, oh, this inspired me from people. Like, that's like the really cool part is just knowing, like getting these daily messages of like, oh, you're making a difference in my life or this thing resonated. So How much has that factored into your love of podcasting uh, is getting those messages from people?
0: I love it. If I can open my Instagram DM and have someone say, Hey, I listened to episode XYZ and this was my aha moment. This spoke to me. Oh my gosh. I feel that way. Like that because you're right. We sit behind a mic all day and it seems great. You can podcast all day in your fuzzy slippers and You don't always have to do your hair and makeup because you may or may not do video podcasting, but it's lonely. Like it's super lonely. And it's kind of quite frankly, if you're doing solo episodes, it's awkward to talk into a mic because there's nobody giving you any facial interactions, any feedback, any like, it's so awkward. And so when you open up your social medias or you open up that YouTube channel and you see those fantastic DMS or you get a new review alert and you read the review on Apple podcast, you know, you're like, okay, all right. That fills my, my bucket and my heart because all I really want to do is reach that one person. So all I need is the one DM from them.
1: hundred percent. So we kind of understand where you're going in three to five years. What does the next 12 to 18 months look like?
0: The next 12 to 18 months is building up. I just opened up a membership in a community for women podcasters. It's called podcast her And it is a combination of every single month, I'm going to bring in an industry expert in something to grow your business. So in June, I brought in Andrea Seeger from The Legalpreneur to talk about three steps to legally protect your business. And then I do a monthly Q&A so they can ask me anything about my business, about podcasting, about their business. And we're going to riff on it and help them get over whatever they need answered and then I've also got a whole library of videos. So if you're looking to launch a podcast, there's videos for that. If you're looking for that next step, how to grow that audience, there's videos for that. So anything my people are asking me to help them with, I then turn around and create a masterclass or a video on it and put it in there so that I can help them in all aspects of the business. That's what I'm building right now. And then I've got a few events planned for you know, private events to really accelerate that podcast.
1: Incredible. Joanne, thanks so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business and podcasting. I could obviously talk to you about this for hours, for days. Um, Guys, write down something you learned from today. Share it with somebody you know. Like, if you're not thinking about podcasting as a channel, you should be, because you could do solo if you like being in front of the camera. You could do interview if you're more like me, where you just like getting information from guests and you like asking good questions. Maybe you're introverted, but you have the ability to ask good questions. This is an incredible format to get known, to build relationships with people. Write down something you learned from today. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable. This freedom is acquired one action at a time. If you take steps day by day before you know it, you too. Be living a life of freedom thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode please like comment share and subscribe engagement is like gold to us we can't do what we're doing without it reviews and subscriptions particularly on apple spotify and youtube are worth more than money so please do what you can to support the show